This is the Job City Podcast. Welcome, everyone. For those of you who are new to Job City, we specialize in nearshore staff augmentation for software development teams, providing our clients full time, dedicated developers from Latin America that work remotely yet alongside our clients' teams in real time, meaning there are no annoying time zone headaches. In each podcast, we will be sharing with you interesting episodes about technology, remote work, software development, industry updates, and more. We will have interviews and conversations with our developers, our management team, and also external guests, including our clients and other relevant professionals from the industry. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's start. Since Job City started, the IT department has had a really important role in evolving and always innovating for clients and developers. Today's podcast is about the changes that our IT department has had since the beginning of Job City. We have with us our CTO Mauricio, our VP of Tech Christian, and our evaluations coordinator Sebastian. Welcome, guys. Hi, Santi. Thanks for inviting us. Hello, Santi. How are you? Hey, Santi. Nice to be here. First of all, to give our listeners some context, I think it is important to talk about how the IT department started. Mauricio, can you give us some background to understand how it all began? For sure. Basically, um, I arrived to the company when it was a 25-people company. The old CTO was leaving. Um, Andres, our CEO, decided that he needed a CTO on board, a new one. I used to work as a developer here at Job City, and he immediately thought of me, and he basically called me, and we arranged the deal. And it was a pleasure because it's always great when you arrive to a company that is small and you have to create everything from scratch. You have the chance to do lots of changes to implement your ideas. And it was, it was a great time. Um, when I arrived at the company, Job City didn't really know what was their mission and vision. We were doing a little bit of everything. We were doing some staff augmentation. We were doing some developers education. We were doing uh, some consultancy projects and even big projects, like, for example, the project that we did for NBC, the Olympic site made with Drupal. So it was a melting pot of things. Uh, so the IT department role wasn't truly defined when I arrived. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, and I, I, and I think it's interesting because the reality changed a lot from that beginning that Maurice says, because we were, were just 20, 25 people in the company to now that we are really big. So the reality changed a lot. I remember when Mari entered, he wanted to do a lot of changes. I, and I also was, was there helping him to do these changes. So it, it was an amazing era of Jobsity <laughs> because a lot of changes happened. That's very interesting uh, for me to hear since, since I'm um, not as old as you guys in Jobsity. But were there other key moments in the evolution of the IT department? I understand Job City started scaling, right? So how did the IT department have to adapt to that? Maori, Chris, or Sebas can answer. Yeah, it took some time. But when the management layer of our company truly decided what we wanted to do, what we were good at, 
basically provided developers from South America and Latin America to United States companies. Once we decided that, we began scaling quickly. And then we found this new problem, which was how we evaluate developers. In the past, the old CTO was in charge of actually calling, you know, calling people and deciding if, if the person was a good one for our company and for our clients. That model didn't work anymore as soon as we began scaling and scaling and scaling. So one key point was basically creating this evaluation department inside the IT area of Job City. Yeah, it was funny because I was part of, of those of those evaluators, I think. But we're like we do a, a take a screening and it was a 30 minutes call. And I had to call the developers and ask some questions. We we do a, a whiteboard exercise. And it was difficult to know which developer was good or not at that time. It was more like a personal opinion. So it was not kind of objective. And if we are going to scale, if we're going to interview more developers, that was not a good model to scale. So we decided another approach. Excellent. Um, tell us a bit more about the transition from working with projects to start focusing on nearshore staff augmentation. I'm guessing this push was needed for Job City to keep scaling, right? Correct. Uh, I can. <laughs> it's funny, you know. Blondes they want to be brunettes. Brunettes they want to be blondes. You know, everybody wants to be something else. And Job City at that time had that problem. We had what I called uh, Project Envy. We wanted to have projects. We wanted to do projects for our companies. Uh, it took a long time to basically transition from that into what we are now. But as soon as we focused on, on what we do, which is providing good developers and basically changing the experience of these developers and improve their, their skills, this, this was powerful. This is where Job City actually began growing super fast. Yeah, we were pushed to scale as well. Uh, as Christian said before, we had to make lots of changes to basically move from rudimentary tools to evaluate people into more sophisticated stuff. Possibly Sebastian can tell us more. He's the head of that department. Sebas. Yeah, I entered around this time a little bit later than uh, when Job City decided to make this change, but uh, it is very different to find uh, people for our own projects than it is for uh, nearshore staff augmentation. Our uh, developers had to fit the clients that we had more than our own uh, values and our own teams. So the evaluation had to change as well. Great to hear. So what happened after this scaling phase? Did the role of the IT department become more important and started evaluating developers? Kind of like a tech HR department, I assume. Tell us about the timeline for the IT team from this moment on. Uh, it was crucial um, because as soon as we began growing, our clients, basically they grew as well the, and the quality of those clients. So our clients were looking for more specialized people and they were more rigorous on how they assess the developers that we're sending. So it was crucial for our department to be sophisticated and basically provide the best people possible because our recruitment department, where our allocation department, they handle operations, but they were really trusting in us to decide which person was a good one and which person would be a good fit for a particular job or role. 
And now that you mentioned it, Santi, you just said something interesting, HR. Yes, it was around that time that our management layer decided that IT should also handle uh, some of the HR responsibilities because we didn't have an HR department at that time. So we were in charge of basically communicating with developers and basically improve these developers and change their experience inside the company. So a new department or new area emerged, tech HR. So as soon as we hired someone and that, that person was inside one of our clients, basically we were also in charge of monitoring that person and helping them to improve. Yeah, uh, take into account that uh... Since we are now doing staff augmentation, our uh, developers, even though they uh, they came to the offices that we had here in Quito or in uh, or in Colombia, uh, they they still connected and worked mainly with the clients that we had in the U.S. So we also had to be uh, the connection between our clients and them. We had to re uh, check the feedback that they would give us. We would have to. Uh, jumped uh, to firefight any problem that uh, would arise between the clients and the, and the developers. Uh, basically, IT started doing HR as well. Yeah, something interesting was that also, I remember that uh, Santi, our CEO, was always pushing to make the process quicker. So it was funny because we had to get rid of those calls, of the technical calls, and we had to implement HackerRank. The challenges we had were lasting like seven days. Yeah, we had to change to three days and Sebastian worked on that part a lot. And after that, he was, hey, we need quicker. We need better evaluation. And, and also because of the, we had to deal with the HR part because it was kind of natural because most of the, of the employees are developers. It was kind of logical that the IT department should handle that part. So we need to do the interview preparations with them. We also had to do the follow-up process in the first weeks when they start with the client and so on. But, but it, it was uh, because we were scaling a lot. We needed more hands to put in there, more control, more, more status to get about the, how the, the workers are doing with the clients. So it was interesting to handle that part of HR at least for, for the beginning. Yeah, it, it was also very important for us to uh, jump in when uh, when one of our developers would join a new client because uh, our clients would have their own projects where our developers would be working on. So we had to check that uh, the developer would have the appropriate machine, the appropriate software, the appropriate equipment. Uh, so it made sense that IT, we knew about these technologies that we would handle that as well and i'll tell you something this this process that you were involved with uh now in in this last year we've been able to to introduce to our clients uh with developers a lot faster and that is thanks to this process that you guys have been able to to improve so congratulations on that to you kudos to you guys The evolution of the department had come with innovation in tools and software for clients and internally for the team. Can you tell our listeners about JTalent and the Job City app and the change it marked for the IT department? For sure, Santi. Um, it was funny. When I started, remember, 
when we start when I started as a new CTO, 25 people. We are around 200 developers now. It has been a long path. Um, everything was made and everybody was using spreadsheets. And because of our relationship with Drupal, Drupal, the, C, the CMS, the content management system, for some reason, everybody thought that in, in the company that all tools should be made around Drupal. <laughs> so this is something that took me a long time to change in the mentality of people. And also, uh, as a CTO, this is very important. Every CTO has this situation, right? Should I create something for the company or should I use something in the company? We evaluated lots of tools uh, in order to basically track candidates. What is commonly called ATS, Automatic Tracking System. Uh, and there are very good and interesting so softwares already made in the States that are very popular, but none of them really work for our business because we are a staffing company. We are not really hiding developers for us, but we are hiding developers for someone else. So at the end, we decided that we needed to create our own tools in order to grow faster. It seems weird, but this actually worked for us because we really knew what we needed and there was any other alternative on the market that we could use that really accomplished the things that we had in mind. This is where we decided to create this core application, which is JTalent, and JobCity app, which is basically the, the, the application that we use to communicate with clients and our workers. Uh, Chris, um, you may tell us more because this is your area. Yeah, so another thing is that uh, JobCity, as you know, is a mix of two words, job and university. So we always uh, wanted to teach uh, all the developers new uh, strategies. Also, they had to learn new ways of, of development, best practices and, and other things. So at the beginning, I remember that JTalent was established as a project that was built by developers with free time, the developers, workers that were working in clients, but had some free time to work on the on the application. Also workers that were in bench, that means that they are waiting for a client. So we use them to build the, the, the J talent. At the beginning, it was a tool for them to learn and also to uh, help us with the process that we were trying to implement. But it was evolving a lot because we get rid of, of, of that approach uh, because since we didn't have a, a specialized team for the applications, the code was a, a kind of a mess. It was difficult to read, several people maintain. So Mauri decided to build again the front end, to build from, from scratch and to refactor all the back end again. So it, it was interesting because we start to do best practices. Sebas was, was part of the back end team. He suffered a lot. <laughs> yeah, I think I was the, the first uh, full-time JTalent developer that we had. Yeah, so it, it was a difficult time for Sebas because he had to refactor all the backend, I guess. And the front-end, we tried to do our best practices to build the front-end and a solid React front-end. So it was interesting because we, from that part and so on, we decided to have a, an internal team for those applications because it was not solving one problem. It was now solving the problems of, of the whole departments in, in JobCity. So now JTalent is a really big application. I have a dedicated team for that. 
And also we started to build the, the JobCity app, which uh, it was mainly for a tool for communication between client, JobCity, and also our workers. Great story, guys. Great story. What about the creation of an evaluations department? How was that defined? Was it part of the IT department? How was that process? And then deciding to have specific initiatives for evaluations? How was that start? Tell us, tell us a little bit about that. For sure. Um, we had the policy here at Job City to basically recruit internally. So I made some changes through the years on how we evaluated people. As Christian said, we basically created JTalent, which is our ATS. Uh, but we realized at some point that we needed someone that, was, that needed to be fully dedicated to this. And this is crucial. If we evaluate someone and that someone doesn't really work, basically we can lose a client, we lose time, we lose money. So this is one of the key areas of job city, deciding who comes into the company and also who goes into which client, which is another process. So there are very good developers that possibly are not very good for a particular environment or a particular client. So at some point I realized that as a CTO, I couldn't handle this anymore and I needed to bring someone more specialized. And this is where I thought of Sebas. Sebas was working on JTalent. He knew intimately the whole process and he had a very good criteria in order to assess people. And this is how basically um, Sebas was onboarded and the evaluations department was uh, truly officialized. Uh, tell us something about that, Sebas. What, how was your time at the beginning and everything? Yeah, uh, of course. I, it, it was a weird transition for me because I went from a developer to a management position. We talked about this uh, in, in a different episode of the podcast. And basically, uh, I had to adapt a lot to how the process was being carried back then, which was not that well structured. Our evaluators themselves, they did it uh, if they had time. They didn't have as much of a schedule back then. And also the communication with our recruiters who are in charge of uh, taking the candidates step by step. There wasn't as much communication with them as we have now. So uh, there was a lot of uh, reorganizing that we had to do back then. Cool. How about cloud infrastructure? How did that help to change the IT department? Oh my gosh, that was a huge change. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that to the table. Um, yeah, we, we started small. We were using DigitalOcean for our needs, you know, droplets, simple things. But it has been a very interesting ride because we have been growing and new alternatives have been growing at the same time in the market. For example, who knew? AWS, you know, Amazon is making more money from, from AWS. They're basically their infrastructure as a service system. And yeah, basically we fully embraced uh, the cloud and we moved everything into Amazon at the beginning. Uh, and it, it was a great time. We were using at that time EC2, S3, RDS, you know, the typical services to handle basically applications. Um, and recently, it's very interesting, uh, we're part of Endeavor. Endeavor is a huge network in the whole world. So based, they are looking for companies that are already making money, not startups, but actual proven concepts that are actually making money, making profits. 
and basically Endeavor helps them to scale. And it was a change because when we entered Endeavor, uh, we had access to mentors. So we, we had the opportunity to talk to amazing people that normally we wouldn't have the chance to basically reach. And all those mentors in the last couple of years, they have helped us uh, to grow as a department as well. And for being a member of Endeavor, we received um, uh, some uh, benefits. If we move, if we move it to an, an to another cloud system, in this case GCP, Google Cloud, and we made the jump, we are now running all of our systems in in Google. But at the same time, we decided to basically fix some technical debt that we had. So now we have the concept of infrastructure as code. And before we actually moved to this new cloud, we decided to put everything in code. And now it's very funny. We we can spin servers, we can spin new services, everything through code. We don't have to click any, you know, to click a UI anymore. So it was very funny. So the cloud changed a lot how we operated uh, our internal infrastructure for sure. How was the decision of saying goodbye to the tech HR team? Was it necessary? How did it affect the IT department? Oh my gosh, this, is, this was a long fight. <laughs> it seems that they, I'm fighting all the time. <laughs> uh, yes, as a manager, you have, to, you, you have to fight against the status quo. Yeah, it's, it's, very, it's normal in companies, especially companies that are growing. So our, our IT department realized at some point that the normal tech HR stuff that we're doing could be managed by a very specific department. Also technical, but not real IT. Uh, but a department that will be more specialized in people, handling people and basically improving that people and monitoring and managing those persons. And not only from a tech perspective, but there are other dimensions that can be taken into account as well. So it took, it took a while. But eventually, uh, we basically split. So we now have an IT department, which is basically in charge of the whole uh, technical development of the company and helping the company to grow faster. And we have a tech HR team, which is basically taking care of our people, which is one of the most important things in the company as well. Yeah, I, I, I remember I remember that uh, back then, uh, the HR uh, things that we had to do, as we said before, the follow-ups, the the firefighting, uh, the onboarding, all of that, uh, we were able to do it well uh, on a technical perspective, but we were missing uh, the bigger picture. You know, uh, there is more to just having the skills to be able to fit properly in a new client or in a new project. And we were not looking at that because our main strengths are not there. Uh, so I remember that Maori had to find a way to properly create an HR team that would actually handle the interpersonal stuff between the developers and the clients that would be able to see uh, whether a developer had some issues in there. That was the main reason for this change. And it was absolutely necessary because those things are usually what define whether our uh, developers are going to do well uh, and are going to be able to stay with a client for a long time or not. And we are still doing these activities, the follow-up, interview preparations and everything but we work more as support than be in charge of it. But it's working good. I think that the HR department is being consolidated. 
and we also can focus on more IT stuff. Create more initiatives that will help automate or fulfill all the necessities, all the requirements from the scaling approach that we are getting in, in Joseph. I guess you partially answered uh, uh, my next question, but maybe we can expand. Where is the IT department now? What are the plans to keep evolving? Very interesting question. Uh, we just finished. Um, so basically, we established our OKRs, our objectives and key results for 2021. And I can, I can tell you one thing, for example, we're trying to move this company, Job City, from being data aware into data driven. So historically, we have managed a lot of data from clients, from, from candidates, from actual workers, but we haven't really benefited a lot from that data. So um, we are organizing a whole new initiative, a data engineering initiative to make sure all data is centralized in one single place. And we have the right tools to basically consult the data and find correlations and patterns and trends in that data. So all the departments of the company can take better decisions based on data, not guts, not by heart, but basically from data. So that's one thing, but I would love to hear Christian in his area, what he has in mind. Yeah, the plans for, for my area, the intellectual property, are to keep building uh, more features because yeah, J Talent uh, was born as a ATS, but since the last year and for the future years, we are making the J Talent to solve more problems for other departments. We started as an ATS, but now we've handled the allocation request process. We handle also the pay statements for our workers. We are going to handle more worker documents for them in the in the Job City app. So our plan is to. Uh, get more features, but on other areas, not just on the recruitment area. And uh, we have a really big plans. Also, uh, it's possible that we will create another application. So yeah, this uh, we are going in in the right path to continue doing our intellectual property area go bigger. And it's funny because both of these things are kind of connecting to what uh, evaluation is planning uh, for this year and the years to come. Because. Well, uh, since we are taking these uh, long strides on uh, data engineering and developing our, our own software, we want to make sure that the candidates that we evaluate, uh, we take everything into account to make sure not only whether they are uh, good at their technical skills, whether they are good at developing or, or whatnot, but also that they are a good fit uh, to our clients in all of the other areas of recruitment and allocation, all of the data that we get from either their LinkedIn or their past experiences or how they perform in our uh, communication with calls. Basically, we want to make sure that we can take all of that into account to make perfect fits for our clients. Thank you, Sebas. Thank you, Mauri. Thank you, Christian. Yeah, sure. No problem. Thank you for having Thank me. You, it has been a pleasure. Thank you to our listeners for being part of this episode. We really hope the information we are giving you is becoming useful for your company and for you especially. Thanks again, Maudi and Chris, and thank you, Sebas, for being here today. Once again, thank you for tuning in to the Job City Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please visit our website, www.jobcity.com. That's www.jobcity.com and subscribe to our blog. 
Also, please follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more great content created just for you. Thank you.